0: Each week, Talk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. You can start your free trial today. And if you purchase during the month of June, you'll get 14 months of YCharts for the price of 12. Plus, a free subscription to the KPP Premium Newsletter. Subscribe now go.ycharts.com slash invest talk this podcast is produced by kpp
1: financial steve peasley president kpp financial independent thinking shared success and now today's podcast
2: Afternoon investors and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, June 20th, 2019 edition of Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I thank you for joining me today for this hour. I hope you will pick up your cell phone, give me a call with your investing questions. Whether they they could be just financial, maybe they're just about life. I want to hear them. I want to know what is on your mind and if you do pick up the phone, you are able to shape this show to your advantage and help me give you specifically the ability to take that next step. And that's really what life is about, right? Taking that next step in any endeavor, whether that's your career, your personal life, your financial life, whatever it is, no one gets to their goal in a day or a month or even a year but it's a process and hopefully we can be part of that process each and every weekday and we do this with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. So we want you to ride our success and today in this hour I'm going to do my best to move you along in your personal journey in financial freedom. So you can give our number a call Live at 888 chart that's 888 It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We love live callers, but if you're listening after hours, you can always leave a message and we will answer it on a future show. Now, the main talking point today concerns the opinion that how stock market investors are playing strong defense now compared to before the 2008 financial crisis. So what we're going to touch on is a chart That shows how defensive investors are acting today versus other points in the past uh, 20, 30 years or so. Now I've also got some other topics as well that I want to touch on. So one is the SEC best interest rule. I've had a lot of callers ask about this and frankly, it took myself a little while to really grasp how this new rule that was recently passed is going to affect the industry and thus you the retail investor. Right? Ninety-nine percent of invest talk listeners would be classified as retail investors. And that's what this is regulating. Regulating how you the retail investor interacts with professionals like myself and other RAs, other brokers, other fiduciaries, others that are not fiduciaries. And we're gonna talk about what this, how this may change the industry or will it not change the industry. So we're gonna talk about that. Also, how to maximize Roth savings through a 401k plan. Maximizing your Roth contributions can be an important strategy. And we're going to discuss that. And then lastly, if we have time, we're going to talk about life expectancy. How long should you expect to live? We're going to touch on that as well. So that's uh, what's on my mind. But ultimately, the most important thing is what is on your mind. okay? And obviously, what is on your mind is probably the market. You had the aftermath of the Fed meeting yesterday. They indicated that they are very close to lowering rates and now the current odds are very high, over 80% that we are going to get a rate cut in the next meeting. A lot of people were expecting September before this announcement because that is the next meeting that has a press conference and they haven't really moved much lately on meetings that do not have a press conference. But it seems like we're going to get a rate cut in July, late July. Now you're going to say, well, rates are going to move down. Well, yes, in general, they might move down some. But the bulk of the move is likely behind us in rates, at least for the near term. Why? It's because it is now the base case of what the market is expecting that we're gonna get three rate cuts by the end of the year. So two to three, just depend, you know, it depends on what uh, the odds are. A little bit lower for only two versus three, but that's likely what we're gonna get two or three. It could be July and December, July and September, could be July, September, and December. So as always, the market will front run that. Front run that. So don't expect rates to drop too much more, at least I think in the near term, because the bearishness, sorry, the bullishness on bonds and bearishness on rates uh, has been going going on for about nine months now, right? Started the fourth quarter of last year. That's when rates really started to do a U-turn. And so that's where we're at. We're at a time when the Fed is what, here, here's, here's here's really what is most important. Why is the Fed doing this? Why is the Fed cutting rates, planning to cut rates with unemployment near record lows, economy still growing? Yes, we have a trade spat that is slowing the economy globally and domestically, but it's nothing dire. At least the current situation. And I'm going to give you the answer right now and I'm going to explain it in detail later. And the reason they're doing it is because they must monetize the debt. Let's go to Bob in Hawaii. He wants to look at ACB, correct?
0: Oh, hi, Justin. I'm sure I know in advance your thoughts on this. Um, Aurora Cannabis. Um, Mm -hmm. bought it in the 9 range it's now down in the 7 range Uh, it's sort of a crapshoot Vegas crapshoot I'm thinking you're going to say sell it what's your thought?
2: yeah I mean my thought is that this is just another cannabis name valued very highly Uh, certainly they have a bright future uh, from a, a, a revenue and profit standpoint um, but a lot of that is now baked into the cake. You know, this is a name that's gone from 20 cents back in 2016. And now we're at $7.44, a market cap of seven, over $7 billion. And they, they are continuing to lose money. Um, but, you know, some quarters more. Some quarters, they, they've turned some profit, which is good. Um, but you're, you're buying a lot of growth. You're paying up for a lot of growth that has to come to fruition just for the stock to stay where it's at right and there's that's why this is very high risk now technically it's trading sideways for the past year or so uh a cb pull up the chart here we go to a weekly chart because that will be a little more instructive it's it's definitely into some support i will say that technically uh, so I don't hate it here, uh, but you're, it's a crapshoot, <laughs> like you said. It's a crapshoot. This is a growth name, and it's going to need a lot of growth for a very long time for it to grow into that seven billion dollar valuation. Last quarter, it only 65 million in sales and lost money. Right. So technically, it looks okay. It's consolidating. It's oversold right now, um, but you know, long term, I don't love it at these prices. Now, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and since we are now only two days away from the Invest Talk Wealth Conference, I strongly encourage you to consider signing up at investtalk.com. Our objective, or your objective, is to achieve financial freedom. And the quickest way to jumpstart your efforts is to be on hand in the room with Steve and myself, leading this special two hour Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's coming up this Saturday in Irvine, California about 45 minutes south of LA. Now our wealth conference, Steve and I will help you understand the current market environment and global economic environment, give you a plan to boost income and manage investment risk both today and through retirement, and finally to find ways for you to find great opportunities in any market, whether that's a growing economy, shrinking economy, whatever it is. That you can take control of your financial future if you know how so please make plans to join us like I said this Saturday 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Irvine California to purchase tickets just go to investtalk.com and now I'm taking your questions live at 8899 chart here's
0: a reminder about the KPP premium newsletter distributed to each subscribers inbox every Friday The newsletter provides a roundup summary of the week that was, offers a look ahead, and even puts forth some interesting stock ideas. And you can subscribe to the KPP Premium Newsletter anytime at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Justin? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART.
2: 8899 888-99 chart 88992 4278 That's how you get through and ask your question during the next, uh, what, 40 minutes or so? That's how much time we have left into the show. Now, let's touch on the market. The all Dow 30 stocks were op- opened in the green, and we closed the S&P at about 29.55 at an all-time high. NASDAQ was over 8,000. I don't believe the NASDAQ hit an all-time high, if I'm... Remembering this correctly. Yeah, we're still below the highs on the NASDAQ. Uh, which tells you tech stocks are, are kind of losing their relative luster. Relative luster. And although all the FANG stocks were up, most of them remain below their highs from uh, late April, early May. And really the strength continues to be in utilities, uh, REITs. Uh, anything that's a dividend payer, high dividend payer, tends to get better strength right now. Uh, and you're seeing weeks, still relative weakness in transportation, financials especially. That was actually down yesterday. Financials were down yesterday and barely up today in a very, very green tape. What really broke out, though, was gold. You saw the dollar down. Now that the rate cutting cycle has begun, Gold was up $37 an ounce to $13.86. Part of that was Middle East tensions that you're seeing. That's certainly an issue. So oil prices were up as well. But gold is now at a five year high. And I've been saying this for a couple years now. You know, we had, I believe, a breakout in yields sorry, in gold in 2016, and then since about mid 2016, we've had kind of a consolidation choppy pattern trying to figure out the next move, and it's been consolidating bullishly, and now we're just starting to get that breakout, so it's been a great time in the past couple of years to accumulate gold miners, gold in general, and I think this is the beginning of a larger breakout Part of it's the weakness in the dollar, but another part is the deficit, and this is something I'm gonna talk about on Saturday. There is a strong correlation to the deficit of the United States and the price of gold, and we're going to talk about that on Saturday, Um, but you can see that now. Weakening economy, higher deficits, higher geopolitical tension, Means higher gold prices. So not a shock. Now the 10 year yield now is at a three year low. We closed at about one, a little under 2%, right? What did we get to? One point, yep, right at 2%, 2.01%. And that should mean the 30 year mortgage rate is going to tick down probably to about three and three quarters percent on average. So that's going to be positive in general for the housing market, at least in the near term, as long as the economy stays decent, which I would say we're at now. This is Invest Talk. We're almost through the first third trading week of June. And for many of you, it may seem like time is racing by, and maybe you need to shape your portfolio. We've had a lot of choppiness in the last year and a half, and the economy continues to weaken. Is your portfolio ready? Is it producing what you need it to produce, which is maybe income? Give us a call at our Urban California office and we can do a portfolio review. Give me a call at 888 99Chart.
0: This is Invest Talk, and helping you achieve your financial freedom is the primary objective. Justin Klein is here now, taking your finance and investing questions live. Call 888 99Chart.
3: Hey, Steve. Hey, Justin. Uh, this is Justin from Boston. I uh, love the show. Uh, today, I had a question regarding 401k and IRA uh, allocation. Uh, my wife and I are 35. Uh, we both work for the federal government. Collectively, we make about 170 k My question is, in terms of retirement, we're going to have three main buckets, a so 401k and IRA, as well as a pension. And considering two of the three buckets are going to be considered taxable income when we get to retirement, should we be putting more money away in our IRA currently as opposed to our 401k? Our employer offers a IRA match as opposed to the typical 401k match. Um, It's something that I've never seen before. I'm just wondering if we should be using that as opposed to our typical 401k match. So thanks again for everything you do, and I will hang up and listen. On the podcast. Thank you.
2: Well, I think it's a a simple answer, and you want to, whatever your employer is matching, you want to make sure you get all of that, every dime, because otherwise you're passing up on compensation. So make sure that you maximize whatever avenue that is. And it could be through the 401k, through an IRA. However they're matching you, make sure you get all of that. Because it's 100% return. Even if they give you 50 cents on the dollar of what you put in, that's still a 50% return guaranteed on your money. And you're not going to get that anywhere else. So you want to, every, and that goes for everyone out there, you always want to make sure you get that. And then once you've received that full match for whatever they offer you, then you decide, okay, well, how, how much do I need to save above and beyond that? And then I would say you want to prioritize the IRA over the 401k simply because an IRA, you have more flexibility in your investment vehicles and your investments that you're put in. So that's the way I would prioritize your savings. Yeah. Now let's take a look at oil. Now as you probably saw, Iran apparently shot down an unarmed US military drone aircraft operating in international airspace in the Straits of Hormuz. Now, oil was up about $2 a barrel in reaction to that. And this prob this provocation is just one of a long list of military attacks on U.S. interests or allied partners. Some think that Iran is responsible for the oil tanker attacks in the past week. And President Trump tweeted out, Iran just made a very big mistake. So the question is, will we get into war with Iran? Frankly, it's looking like it. Now, am I advocating for it? No, I don't advocate for war. Uh, I think it should be a last resort. And I think this isn't a good sign. Uh, is Iran doing this? I don't know. Is the government finding reasons to go to war with Iran? Maybe. I don't know. But it is clearly going to have geopolitical ramifications and ramifications for the oil market. So I kind of like oil here. Uh, Despite the fact that we are now producing more oil than ever from the shale patches across the country, I could easily see the OPEC countries getting desperate. And... Continuing or expanding cuts, they play dirty, and I expect that. Now, my main talking point today concerns the opinion that how stock market investors are playing strong defense now compared to before the 2008 financial crisis. And what this does is it shows a chart of the relative price performance of Defensive sectors versus cyclical S&P sectors. So you're talking about utilities and consumer staple sectors relative to industrials, materials, consumer discretionary, etc. It also takes into account the relative price of gold to other commodities. And you're seeing strong outperformance from the safety sectors. Now we all know that a resolution of the Chinese trade war should be relatively bullish for the market. Trade wars aren't good for the economy in the near term. And most investors are acting like we are headed for troubled times. Now that could be because of the trade war. It could be because of the deficit. But a survey of 179 global managers overseeing half a trillion dollars in assets. This is by Bank of this is a survey by Bank of America Merrill Lynch showed that pessimism around trade and increasing recession risk accounts for a record low allocation equity. So investment managers have a low allocation equities, which could potentially give fuel to a breakout in the market. I'm not expecting it, but if we can turn around the trajectory of the economy, I could see a more sustained breakout. On tomorrow's invest talk, exactly how much will it cost to retire well in every state? That story tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. And I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART.
0: This is Invest Talk, and if you live anywhere in Southern California, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein encourage you to make plans to attend KPP Financial's InvestTalk Wealth Conference. It's happening on Saturday, June 22nd in Irvine, California. By harnessing the power of income compounding, retirees and investors of all kinds can improve their chances of living a life of financial freedom. At the conference, Steve and Justin will help you understand the current volatile market and global economic environment. They'll give you a plan to boost income and manage investment risk. And they'll define ways to find great opportunities in any market environment. The Summer InvestTalk Wealth Conference is an investor learning opportunity that you should not miss. I'm Steve Peasley. I invite you to attend our next InvestTalk Wealth Conference. Saturday, June 22nd. The countdown continues. We are just two days from a very special event the KPP Financial Invest Talk Wealth Conference. It's a live two-hour learning opportunity led by Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. At the Wealth Conference happening this Saturday morning in Irvine, Steve and Justin will define ways for you to find great opportunities in any market environment. You can take control of your financial future if you know how. To learn more and purchase tickets, go to investtalk.com. The phone lines are open, so step up with your finance and investment questions. 888-99-CHART.
3: Hey, Stephen Justin. My name is Rafael. I'm calling from Maryland. I have a quick question about the uh, stock Beyond Meat, B-Y-N-D. I noticed it just shot up a, a little bit recently, and I'm, I'm kind of interested in it, but the stock seem, seems kind of expensive to me. So I just want to get your all's um, input on it and if you think it's a good buy or not as of now or fresh way. Thanks so much, and uh, enjoy the show
2: kind of expensive that's one way of putting it uh, I would put it uh, more like extremely expensive you're talking about a 10 billion dollar market cap and revenues are about one percent of that 100 million dollars uh, in the trailing 12 months now that's granted that's growing pretty fast but that's a very, very expensive valuation. Uh, I got a call about this uh, last Monday, the 10th of June, and that's when it was up uh, 20, 30% uh, in one day, and I said, actually it was up uh, from about $100 to 165, so it was about 65% in two days from uh, June, uh, I guess it would be Friday, Monday, and I said, this has some momentum, so I could see it work, trying to work its way up to around $200 a share, but it's extremely expensive. Uh, it's an IPO, and once the lockup period happens, well, this is going to come back down to earth, right? And I'm not sure exactly when that is, but I'm sure it'll come at some point. Well, the next day it was down 20%, 20% to zero in one day. Now it bounced back rather quickly in a few days and it actually hit that $200 price mark a couple days ago, closed about back down around 165 on that same day and today we closed uh, around 165.17. It's expensive. Uh, it's a great short if you can borrow it and that's not too expensive. I would probably buy puts on it, to be frank, uh, somewhere around $100 or a little lower, um, going out a year plus. I think that would be a great way to, to make money on this stock. But buying it is not a way I would be making money or want to make money in Beyond Meat. It's just way, way too expensive. And just another example of an IPO market that's way too hot and reminds me of 2000. 99, 2000. Speaking of IPOs, we had the debut of two new IPOs today, Grocery Outlet and Slack. Now Grocery Outlet is a bargain priced brick and mortar store. Not your typical exciting IPO, but they call themselves the TJ Maxx of grocery stores and they're already making money. So that's a positive, right? take a look at the numbers. G-O is the symbol, has a market, about, market cap about 2.5 billion. And guess what, it has pretty good sales. You're talking about 600 million a quarter, 2.2 billion, so it's about one to one price to sales, think about that. Beyond Meat is 100 to one. One to one versus 100 to one. Those are the type of names that I like. Not telling you to go buy a grocery outlet, but it's an example of the fact that the boring names aren't getting quite the valuations as the exciting names. Slack, on the other hand, which symbol is work, W-O-R-K, that it now has a valuation of 20 billion, 10 times almost that of Grocery Outlet, and its revenue was only 134 million last quarter, Now, and they're losing money, losing money. It was a direct listing, so there was no underwriters, And for everyone out there, Slack is a workplace messaging service. That's why their symbol is work. Only 15% of Slack customers currently pay anything at all. Probably why they're losing money. So the goal is to eventually turn those non-paying customers into paying customers. And as you know, my guidance is usually most IPOs are overvalued, especially the tech IPOs in today's world. and don't be surprised if slack 5 years from now is worth more like 2 billion versus 20 billion. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and if you've been listening to Invest Talk for a while, you've heard myself and Steve say that I believe every investor should determine their own individual risk tolerance, and that is the first step to building a strategy, a portfolio that is right for you and your particular goals. So you need to define your investment comfort zone, and you can do that on our website using our free risk analysis tool. You just go over there to investtalk.com. But now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART.
1: Our Invest Talk mission is to help you make better investing decisions. To do that on your own, thumbs up or thumbs down choices based on good, solid investing principles. But we need your questions to keep us on track. 888-99-CHART or click on Contact Steve or Contact Justin on InvestTalk.com.
2: 888-99-CHART, 888 4278 Let's talk about the best interest rule. The SEC just passed, with a 3-to-1 vote, the long-awaited investment advice reform. And this makes the most significant changes to advice standards in more than two decades. Now, this is the statement that the SEC released they say that their actions are designed to enhance and clarify the standards of conduct applicable to dealer, sorry, broker dealers and investment advisors, help retail investors better understand and compare the services offered, and make an informed choice of the relationship best suited to their needs and circumstances, and to foster greater consistency in the level of protections provided by each regime. Basically what they're saying is we're trying to Create an environment that is better for the retail investor that protects the retail investor, and the big question is, did they succeed? What they said is, instead of having uniform fiduciary standards for identical advisory services, there will be there will continue to be two somewhat different market conduct standards to which to what can be identical advisory services. So basically it can look you can you can have, you can have two advisors offering the same service but they could be acting in two different ways. Okay? So one could be acting as fiduciary, another can still act as a broker. Now typically there are a lot of conflicts such as contests compensation that reward the sale of some products or high volume of sales in general. And they did a little to address those type of practices because clearly you have you, you have a, a contest to sell as much of this fund as possible. That's going to create bad incentives for the person selling it. And that person can easily call themselves an advisor when really they're just a salesperson. And unfortunately, that will continue because yes, it eliminated those contests, and they need to have written policies and procedures that eliminate things like that. But compensation for products, sales, asset accumulation, That is not going to go away. Broker dealers can still offer proprietary products and compensate the sales associates that sell it. So that's not going away. All they really have to do now is do some more disclosure. And it's going to be called Form CRS. And both investment advisors, like ourselves, APP Financial, any registered investment advisor, and broker-dealers, which is typically what you're gonna be working with with the large firms, you're typically working with brokers, selling funds. If you're in mutual funds, A-share mutual funds especially, you're working with a broker. And they all, advisors as well as broker-dealers, must produce a client relationship summary at the start of the relationship that summarizes information about the services, fees, costs, conflicts of interest, and legal standards of conduct, as well as disclose any disciplinary history related to the firm or the advisor. So while that's a positive, let's be real here. How often do you look at any disclosure for anything you do? How many of you bought a home and read all the disclosures that go into the transaction, the mortgage, et cetera? You don't. It would take way too long. And frankly, there's already disclosures. We have disclosures that clients sign. Brokers have disclosures that clients sign today. All this is gonna do is add an extra page, extra couple pages that people are not going to read and by the SEC's own survey says that while a lot of people look at them, look at the disclosures, they're not going to understand it. So this is good for retail investors, but it did not go nearly far enough because brokers can still operate in the same way, pretty much, have the same conflicts of interest, and you, the retail investor, can still be duped into Advice, products better in the best interest of the broker as opposed to you, the investor. Okay now you know by now that Steve and I always make room for listener questions so here's one that came in earlier on eight 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 ninety nine chart
3: Hi, my name is uh, Chris from Houston, Texas and I had a question about some of the new alternative ways of investing in real estate funds like Fundrise have recently become available, uh, supposedly offering investors private equity-type access to real estate projects uh, that wasn't previously available to them. And I was just wondering what your take was on investing in platforms like that. Is there risk involved with a housing bubble? How does it perform in comparison? with other general indicators like interest rates or the dollar or, or even the equity markets as a whole. Just wanted to hear your thoughts. Thanks.
2: All right, now what he's talking about is that there are there are websites now you can go with a small amount of money and you're investing in real estate. They're, they're aggregating money and they're using that money to buy up sets of properties and you own a percentage of those properties and you know there's a lot out there uh they most i don't think any of them existed before the financial crisis and if they did uh they were very small and i'm not sure their track record and i can't speak to Fundrise or any the other track records of these but what i can say is It's a very new industry, new rules, new regulations, and it hasn't gone through a down cycle. So which ones are going to come out well on the other end? Anybody can make money in an asset class when that asset class is doing well or fairly well. And anybody can keep their head above water, but you have a downdraft in the economy, a downdraft in real estate prices, then what happens is the big question. To me, the biggest attractive feature of these sites is that you can invest a small amount of money and invest in real estate. But what I say is, you can go buy a REIT, go buy a real estate investment trust, buy one share of real estate investment trust for $50, and guess what? You're invested in real estate. And guess what? It's gonna pay you a dividend. And guess what? It's managed by a professional who's been in the industry that understands how to manage properties, acquire properties, uh, renovate properties, etc. You get quarterly conference calls. See how that company is doing. So what's the point? What is the point? Open up a brokerage account, do your research, find great REITs that are gonna pay you solid dividends and are managed well, and make good returns over time. And have gone through down cycles in the economy and the real estate market. I just don't see a big reason why they exist, and they're too new for me to get excited about them, especially if I haven't seen a down cycle. Now, as we go to break, here's a quick question for you. What is the projected dollar amount of tax dollars spent by Congress each year on so called earmarks? That means unnecessary spending. I'll have that answer next. But for now, I'm Justin Klein. And I'm ready to take your questions at 888 99 Chart.
0: On the next Invest Talk, exactly how much it will cost to retire well in every state. From housing to food to transportation, a comfortable retirement could be costly. That story tomorrow. But now Justin is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions.
2: 888-99-CHART. Now before the break, I ask this question. What is the projected dollar amount of your tax dollars spent by Congress each year on so-called earmarks? Earmarks, excuse me, and the answer is fifteen point three billion. Now, egregious spending has become kind of the norm, and has increased each year for decades. Yet, nothing seems to change. Earmarks grease the wheel of Congress with goals of buying votes. So, in a trillion-dollar budget, fifteen billion is an unneeded, wasteful spending, such as nine million dollars to protect fruit. Flies, fruit flies, yep. But it's only about 1.5% of the budget. And I don't think eliminating that is going to change the trajectory of our deficit. It needs to be entitlement reform. Has to be, has to be. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Otherwise, we're in deep trouble. Let's go to Santos in Florida, looking at AT AT&T. Hi. You wanted to buy it? Give it away. Yeah, yeah
3: uh, with that uh, good dividend, it seems to be very tempting. So is it a good price to buy now? If not, what, what is the better price to wait for?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we've been buying AT&T now for about six to nine months or so. Uh, around $30 is about where we started, picked up more in the high 20s. Now it's about $32.54 or got a couple dividends since then. So I, we like it. Uh, there are certainly some risk with their acquisition of Time Warner, um, and uh, they've leveraged up their balance sheet, but uh, they're, they're launching a Netflix uh, competitor, and I think they're going to parlay that content into some big revenue drivers, and we like that so I like at and I like the dividend and I think long term they're going to do very well with their acquisitions so I'm a fan of buying at and and we own that for many of our managed accounts let's go to Jane in San Jose, she wants to ask about IRAs, correct?
3: I do I need to okay. take $24,000 out of my IRA for my RMD and okay. I have no idea from which particular stocks I should take them. My choices are Cooper Company, symbol COO, Walmart, WMT, and America okay. Mobile AMX. Which should I cash out $24,000?
2: And
3: why? American
2: Mobile, Walmart and Cooper, correct. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Cooper. Uh, the valuation is pretty stretched. Uh, revenue looks to be decelerating. About a year ago, they were growing revenue in the high teens, and now last quarter, we're only about four percent. Earnings were only up about three percent, and it's. At a very, very, uh, pretty ex- expensive price at these levels. So, if I'm picking one of those, I'm going to pick Cooper it, it, just simply because the valuation is, is is stretched. Enterprise value to EBITDA is 23, and if you look at the history of the stock, and I'm looking at this on uh, Y charts, which is what we use uh, to to really hone in on the uh, fundamentals of a company. This is at near. Uh, you know, 20 year highs in enterprise valued EBITDA and valuations. So I would be taking it from that. Uh, not a bad company, but it doesn't pay much of a dividend. And like I said, the fact that it's trading at those expensive valuations with growth slowing, I'm going to pick Cooper Company. Thanks for the call, Jane. I think that wraps it up for today's show. I appreciate all of you tuning in. I know it's a wild time in the markets, a wild time for the Federal Reserve, a wild time uh, geopolitically as well. And it takes astute learning, astute attentiveness to understand how to position your portfolio and how to develop strategies right for you. Everyone has different goals, Every everyone's in a different space in their life and so, hopefully today, I helped you find one answer. That's it. If, it's, if I help you find one answer today, I did my job. So thanks for tuning in. That does it for another Invest Talk. Give us a call tomorrow, or give us a call now. We'll answer your question on the next show at eight 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 nine nine Chart. I'm Justin Klein. That completes another Invest Talk program. I thank you for your loyal support and questions. Please come back tomorrow.